Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Excellence Talks podcast series. For those who haven't heard of us yet, Excellence Talks is created and hosted by Christian Forsten and Murat Aydin and is a platform dedicated to publish inspiring and authentic content for viewers to create value for everyone who wants to find a higher purpose. Established to inspire, Excellence Talks cooperates with exceptional people and publishes energizing content on a daily basis. In this episode, we welcome Fabrice Le Carrec, the founder of O6, a successful senior executive and people leader with 25 years experience in product development and manufacturing transformations. This interview can be found on YouTube in video format as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Excellence Talk. As usual, together with Dr. Christian Forstner, we have an important guest, and our guest today is joining from Belgium, from Terveren. Hello, Christian. Hello, Morat. Yes, we have a very important guest today, Fabrice Le Garic from Belgium. Fabrice, uh, since two years, you are the founder and owner of O6, a company based in Terveren, Belgium. Your main customers are pharma and biotech organizations, and until recently, you were chief operations officer at Becard Desley, a world's leading organization of 3,000 people. And now you have decided to spend more time developing your company, O6. So let's start with that. Yes, thank you both. And, and thanks for having me. It's really an honor to have spent some time with you on these excellent talks. So yeah, thanks for the introduction. I'm indeed going to spend a lot more time developing OZIX, which is a company I founded about three years ago after I, I left my role of VP of Global Excellence at Teva Pharmaceuticals. So I decided at that point that I would create a company that would support pharma and biotech in their journey to excellence by bringing the right ways of working, the, the, the ways of working, you could say sometimes based on lean management but also creating the conditions for processes to be improved, for employees to be empowered and engaged by the right management techniques. And at the same time, they're delivering value on very specific improvement projects that this industry needs in reducing lean time or improving productivity or improving customer service. Challenges are everywhere in that industry. So I thought it was the great thing to focus on that. And I believe that with the, the connections I have in that industry, the hundreds, hundreds of people and senior leaders that I have I've had the chance to meet during my career, I um, have developed you know, a relation of trust that enables me now to serve them in, in the best possible way. Thank you very much, Fabrice. It's a pleasure to have you in Excellence Talk. So I have the first question to you. The name of your company translates into Organization Sana in Corporation Sano, and is obviously related to Men Sano in Corporate Sano, which means a healthy mind in a healthy body. Can you please tell us more? Sure, sure. You know me, I don't do things by pure uh, luck. Yeah. So this was thought through as I was looking for a name, an engaging name for a company, I realized if I want to serve pharma, I may as well have a, a name which is a bit intriguing. And I thought, okay, why not get inspiration from this famous Latin quote? Uh, a lot of scientific names are Latin-based. And I thought this one was extremely interesting because by changing two words, I could actually have the same impact. What I truly believe is that 
for an organization, the, the key objective is that you drive health in an organization. Performance comes second. And I repeat this, performance comes second. If you don't have the right development of the health of your organization, by health, I mean the way people work with each other, the way problems are solved together, the way communication is done, the way leaders are serving the organization. This is health. If you don't have that, mm -hmm. performance is an illusion. It is something that can happen, will happen, but will not be sustained. And if you want to sustain performance through innovation, through engagement, through productivity, you've got to work on health. So I said, you know, this is it. I've got to work on driving healthy organization so that the cooperation, the combination of these groups end up being performing as well and being also, you know, at the end, driving towards excellence. That makes perfect sense, Fabrice, specifically in those times we have today. In your video message, you say as O6 CEO that your mission is to rise pharma and biotech companies to excellence. Both of us have been involved in excellence for many years, so we know most of the discussions around that. One of the topics is whether it makes sense to achieve excellence at all or whether continuous improvement is the right way. EFQM, for instance, one of these uh, larger excellence organizations, has dropped the word excellence altogether. What is your opinion? We can have many, many long debates on that. I, the way I position it is that excellence is actually a place you will never get there, actually. It's not meant to be reached because there is always a, a new level. If you yeah. look at my ex-colleagues of Toyota and the journey these guys have done for the, the last 60, 70 years as they emerge out of the Second World War with you know, a disastrous organization, almost bankrupt, and what they've done with this organization and how they perform today financially, operationally, you know, and they're still not there. You talk to them and, and they'll say, well, we're not excellent. We're far from this. And indeed, excellence is more of, a, of an ambition. It's the dream. It's the thing you want to reach. And I think continuous improvement, personally, I'm more of the opinion that continuous improvement, small steps of improvement is the way to drive towards excellence. So I wouldn't remove excellence because I think you, you've got to create that vision. You have to say to your employees, you know, let's look at where we're going. You know, we're going to drive to the next level of excellence. And when you get somewhere close, we're going to raise ourselves new challenges. And, and through these small steps of continuous improvements, you know, I see many companies who come in and they have these huge programs and it's going to be revolution. And honestly, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, you, you, you may get somewhere by one or two, you know, big initiatives that are revolutionary. But I do believe that continuous improvement and the mindset behind that, which is the engagement, the bottom-up engagement is far more powerful than a couple of senior executives doing a top-down program who ends up being too hard for people to implement, right? So for me, continuous improvement is the way to drive towards excellence. Yeah. And of course, you can, you know, depending how I always give the image of the, the wheel, right? Continuous improvement is like a wheel. In fact, you know very well the PDCA wheel, uh, for those who are technically knowledgeable on, on lean management, PDCA, the, the circle of plan, do, check, act, which is the symbol of continuous improvement. You know, depending on how fast your organization needs to, to grow and transform and perform, 
you're going to have to spin that wheel faster and faster based on the resource and the capabilities you have in place. And then you can reach maybe your know, vision of excellence faster than, than what you thought. So for me, it's essential that, to understand that continuous improvement is how you, you, you drive your organizations toward excellence. Thank you, Fabrice. I'm sure that it could be very helpful for many organizations on their excellence journey. You say you listen to your customer first, and that is for free, before you tailor and shape the transformation approach to your customer needs. You also say you don't sell anything, you don't force anything. That sounds like a very successful strategy. Does it work? You know, it's, it, it's hard to say it works or it doesn't work. I mean, I take the principle that advising, which is what I do with OZIX, I advise, I consult, people call me for solving some of their biggest challenges, you know, the ramp up of a new product, the ramp up of a new COVID-19 vaccine, right? How can you do that without the trust relationship? You've got to establish a trust relationship. And if I trust you and my and I establish that, that long-term relationship with them, they know when to call me. They know I'm going to be there for them and I'm going to do everything I can to solve their problem. Everything, day and night. That's the way I've always worked. And people who know me, they know that's my DNA, that I'm going to be serving them to the best of my abilities. So I don't really need to sell. When they have a problem, they know they can call and I'm going to do things for free for them even. You know, I'm not, you know, so many times I've actually, people have called me and said, well, do you know this profile of person? Can you... Yeah, of course I know. I call the guy, I get them connected. And, you know, next thing I know, they hired him. And this guy makes wonder for them. You know, and two years later, when they have a big issue or a big need for transformation, who do you think they're going to call? Me. Why? Because I, I help them without asking anything at the right time. That's my philosophy. And it works. That works. You have to learn. You have to learn. And I believe I've learned this, that giving first is the most powerful thing you can ever do. As a manager, as a leader of an organization, you've got to help your customer without asking anything in exchange. You've got to invest in that relationship. Wow. Very powerful words and very close to common sense, Fabrice, as well, I think. Yeah, you have to be patient sometimes. It's amazing. I mean, the last six months, I really started developing OZIX again. I have guys, I have not spoken to them in the last five years. And they call me out of the blue and say, wow, Fabrice, I saw you starting again. Oh, I have this need. I have this need. And I'm so glad. Why? Because I was there for them at the time when I was at Teva or GSK. I was there for them to make them shine. And they genuinely think that I'm going to do this again. And I will. You know? yeah. And they didn't forget what, what you did for them. That's nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Fabrice, over many years, you have experienced good and not so good transformations. So you know very well what works. Can you please share a good and maybe a bad transformation example without going into too much detail, of course, with us so that we and our listeners understand the value of your support better? Yes, of course. So I would say I start with the, the image of a good transformation. And, and I'm, here, I'm, maybe I'm going to focus. Transformation is a very big word. What do you want to transform? Where you want to get to? But I would say, let's, let's talk more about examples of transformation in an operational context, mm -hmm. manufacturing context. Yeah? Mm -hmm. The transformations that I've seen successful, my definition of success relates back to my first visit to Motomachi plant in Toyota, Japan, one of the most impressive plants at the time. 
where I was walking, you know, you walk on the line and you see a few guys around a problem solving board with KPIs. And so you don't read, I don't read Japanese, but I, I, you can easily see what it, this is, right? Ishikawa diagram, 5Y, it's all there. And you go and you ask with your, your mentor is next to you and say, well, let's go and see what these people are doing, who, are, who they are. And, and then you realize these are line operators on the board doing their own problem solving. And you say, who, who of you is the supervisor here? Mm-hmm. And they look at each other and say, we don't need supervisors. Mm-hmm. And then something drops in your head. You know, you're 30 you're, you're year old. You look at your organization back in Europe. You see how structured it is and you can't do anything without the supervisor saying yes. The manager of the supervisor saying yes. You have to wait weeks before you get support. And here you have an organization that drives problem solving from the bottom, right? And these guys are not solving huge issues. They're solving what I call the the sand, Mm -hmm. the sand issues. So you have the sand, the pebbles, and the rocks, right? Mm -hmm. And these guys take care of the sand issues. The thing that irritates them every day, who slow their line down, and they do it in full autonomy, right? That's for me, and I've seen this done in Europe, in other contexts, you know, not just in Japan later in my life. That's for me the definition of success. You can do everything else until you reach that point where you have line operators who are able to stop their line or reflect after the shift, stay 20 minutes later, have a a group reflection on what we can do tomorrow to make things better. Then you haven't reached the inverted triangle, right? And these guys, you know, before I left them, I remember they said, well, when we need our manager, we call him in and he listens to what we have to say. And he goes away and helps us implement the solutions we want. It's not the other way around. So of course you could say bad transformation. Well, bad transformations for me, they are quickly visible by the lack of engagement, the lack of commitment from the leadership. And every time it has failed, it has failed from the top. There are many, many articles on this from very, very clever people who have analyzed how many transformations fail and why they fail. But actually it's very true. Is when, when the leader is not ready to walk the talk, when the leader is not ready to educate himself on lean management, is not willing when he starts to say, you know what, I'm going to delegate this to my head of whatever, and I'm going to just, you know, once a year have a review on this. They missed the point. They missed the point that it really, you cannot transform unless the leader is the incarnation of that transformation. And it, it takes four basic dimensions. The role modeling, of course, you know, if you want to be customer oriented and your transformation is to be customer oriented, you know, as a company, the first thing you know, the leader doesn't want to pick up customer phone calls or is not interested in the voice of the customer, then you have a problem, of course. But then it also comes with the leaders making sure that he drives the right capabilities in the organization, that his system, his reward, his recognition systems, how he praises people, how he promotes people is aligned to that. And that he spends a lot of his time communicating on the purpose. When leaders are not prepared to do these four things, it fails. Always, always fails. In order to succeed and to have more bad become good, you really need to work up front with the leaders, the leader and the leaders, the leadership team, to make sure they understand the role they're going to have to play. And don't delegate. Please don't delegate. (laughs) 
Thank you very much, Fabrice, for sharing your great insight. You have a unique experience of change management, cultural transformation, quality improvements, and cost-cutting programs with proven successes in many industries in large, complex settings. We experienced one of the largest disruptions to the business world since many months due to COVID pandemic. Does this crisis help you to sell your transformation services? In many ways, yes. Maybe this is specific to the pharma industry. I have to say that many pharma companies are experiencing right now a big disruption because of sudden surge of COVID-19 related equipments, masks, gels, vaccines. Tell me about vaccines, right? How big of a disruption this is. You have to remember a year ago, these companies didn't have any of this on their capacity plan, resource plan, zero. Now, COVID was just not even heard of, right? So within the space of the year, you have seen plans being reorganized, consultants being hired to compensate for the new focus that has to be taken there. So it has created a surge of activity I have seen, and I've witnessed that, and I've seen the sites where in order not to drop the ball, let's say, literally on other things, they, they really had to, to hire and to get more support with the COVID. I don't like to say thanks to the COVID because nobody, you know, honestly, I'm personally so exhausted and tired mentally, emotionally about this, that we all want this to go away. But honestly, it has, for the people in the pharma industry, it has been a huge disruptor. And yeah, creating very large workloads. So I have been lucky personally and with my company to see increased demand because of that. Thank you, Fabrice, for being so open. We have a last question for you. On your LinkedIn page, you say you're open to new work as a yeah. chief operating officer, vice president of global operations or director of operational excellence. And you are available immediately, full-time, remote or part-time. Maybe this video cast can help you to find potential work opportunities. What would be your message to these leaders out there who listen to you out in the big wide world? Well, let's be you know, very transparent about this. I have so much work with OZIX and there is quite an overwhelming response that I, I need to give to the people who trust me and who call me and I don't want to disappoint them. On the other hand, I'm a transformational leader and I've always been. I like to go in places. I like to help companies grow, to build in new ways of working, inspire people to change. When the right opportunity comes to take a biotech or a small pharma company as a CEO or a COO to the next stage, I may not close my eyes. I won't, I won't stop my OZIX activities. Maybe I yeah. need to hire a head of operations to, to run it with me. But I may be inspired by making a journey together with an organization who would need my skills and who would need to be taken to the next stage. With the leadership and the inspiration I can bring, I'm sure out there, you know, there will be a knock-knock on my door at some point. I'm not proactively looking at this stage because I'm quite, I'm quite busy. But you know, I'm so passionate about this industry and the changes that are coming up. When you think about gene therapy, when you think about cell therapies, and and the potential it brings to humanity if it's done in a safe way and if it's of course it's it's going to be done in the safe way but you know who cannot be passionate for that and uh, you know if the right opportunity is there then i may just uh, answer the call right once again thank you for being so open and honest with us fabrice you're welcome really enjoyed the interview and i learned very much from you murad 
Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you, Fabris, in our excellence talk. We learned a lot, and I'm sure that it really helped our audience who are in the transformation processes for inspiration for change and also in continuous improvement and their excellence journey. Thank you very much again. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast version of our interview. It was the 31st interview we had to share knowledge from the best, to inspire the business world, and get inspired. Please do not forget to subscribe to be updated on the new episodes. If you have any questions or recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. You can easily find us at excellencetalks.com. I'm your host, Christian Forstner. Until next time.